Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This is the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits, a little extra gift for you beautiful podcast subscribers. Uh, This week, we talk to Liv Knight from Patchwork, all about being a feminist bride, and the Luminary Bakery explain exactly how baking is helping abused women. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. For a reason that I don't understand, I nearly said with me, Natalie Campbell. I'm not Natalie Campbell. <laughs> I'm Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton, and also in the studio with us right now, we have the fantastic Olivia Knight. <laughs> I love that it says actually on your bio, feminist and founder of Patchwork. Yeah, like, stating it up front. <laughs> um, Olivia, thank you so much for joining us. You're here because we want to talk thank about... You. I guess what's a, is it a relatively new phenomenon? I don't know. The idea of the feminist bride. It's wedding season. I don't know about you. I've already been to about three so far. Can you be in this day and age when we still wear a white dress and have a dad Mm. give us away? Can you be a feminist bride? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. And it's, it's, sorry, closer to the mic. (laughs) It's a really good question. And it's one that I've been um, thinking and talking a lot about. I guess I've become more interested in it in the last couple of years because of the work I do so Patchwork the company I run is a um, it's a platform that lets friends and family come together to fund one big gift or experience and it's used in the main by couples who are getting married don't want a traditional gift list don't need a load of stuff toasters and spoons and things so they will use it to either ask their guests to contribute towards a honeymoon or chip into a work of art or help them with a you know deposit for a flat so I'm very much in the wedding business um and I never saw myself as somebody who would I mean probably didn't even think I'd get married let alone kind of work in the wedding industry but I do and I love it um and I think even in the last couple of years I've noticed with the couples who use our site and then share their stories on our blog there's definitely a change um and a sort of mood um that's really I think a really positive one where women are taking a much more central role in their weddings um and I think coming back to your question about is it possible you know is it possible to be a feminist and a bride mm-hmm. um it's a big one. My mum would probably say no. And when I did get married, she almost didn't come to the wedding. Oh, are your really? parents? Are your parents married? They were never married. No. Oh, um, and my mum's an incredible, radical feminist. And I grew up in a house that was very much a sort of matriarchal home <laughs> where my mum lived with her best friend, Wendy. And the men were around. No one was married. They came. They were very great you know, parents and role models and helped look after us, the kids. Um, but no, I think there is the argument to say in terms of patriarchy, that the tradition of marriage and as it currently stands, um, 
as you say, the idea of a woman marrying into um, the role as a wife being sort of given away by her father and handed over to the man, you know, it, it's it's definitely questionable, I think. Um, and actually there's, there's a lot in terms of the law that makes it, there's some positive things about being married as a woman that actually give you additional rights and powers. A lot of those have been put forward by governments who want to incentivise people to be married, so that's also questionable. Um, but my mum my would always sort of say, you know, actually to... Um, to sort of have a sort of transactional relationship where your relationship is with one individual and with the state is challenging. So, so I find it fascinating. I find it really interesting. Mm. So coming from that background, you are married. I am. How did... And, and I see this... I'm sitting opposite you. You're wearing your fantastic necklace which says feminist across yeah. it. How do you reconcile that then? How is it... Yeah. yeah, I think one of the things... I was talking to my mum about this actually, um, that I think about weddings versus marriage right yeah. and and what what weddings are is a celebration of your love for somebody else usually just two people i think we probably agreed on that one but you know <laughs> um the marriage is actually in 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 sort of thinking about sort of feminist discourse it's the marriage that can be quite challenging because at least in Western society today, a marriage usually is coupled with a nuclear family. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like you get married, you leave the family, you know, not yeah. maybe not literally these days. Um, but it's that sort of uh, uh, isolation, I think, that lots of women find really difficult. Um, and I think that can be challenging, you know, to live with one partner and your children if you are separated from your mothers and your sisters and your friends and your family. That can be quite difficult for, for lots of women um, and men probably as well or whichever relationship you're in as, as a marriage and I think the thing that's I've always said to my mum is god I know what you're saying about the nuclear family I'm just saying weirdly it works for me I, I <laughs> bloody love it I love my husband um, we've been together 19 years this year and six years I think married um, but we but in a way our wedding and I think this is what I'm noticing with other couples our wedding was very very much a celebration of our friends and family who on our wedding day we said the reason we find it really easy to be in love and live with each other is because you will help us to make it feel easy so actually I think it's very much about families and friends and networks and, and you being a sort of supportive community and those two people coming together with their families I think it's quite magical. Emma. Olivia you were saying you've got lots of stories from you know the couples that are using patchwork present to, to yeah. put together their wedding experiences uh, and a couple of weeks ago we had um, a speech um, what would you call it? a speech coach who was who was seeing a rise in um, brides making speeches oh at their God. wedding? Yeah. I was just wondering, are there any like trends or themes that you're or interesting stories that you've seen through your your website on how women are you know doing their weddings differently? Absolutely, I think that's the key. That's the, that's the major thing. I think there's two trends, the, and they're and they're connected actually. Which is that the first trend is that weddings are much now they're much less about a kind of um, audience you know, witnessing the ceremony, as it were. Um, and it's much more now a participative experience where you go to a wedding or the stories that we get on our blog, you know, oh, my sister made the cake and my mum did the flowers and my, you know, friends are singing in the band and, and everyone's doing like a bloody organised, you know, dance routine or something, you know, like that sort of flash mob style thing. Um, so I think there's a lot more interaction with weddings and it's meaning it's a much more um, sort of broadly celebrated family event, as I say. And everybody within that ceremony gets to have a bit more of a role. Yeah. Um, and I think when we were growing up, the weddings I went to, you were the audience and you witnessed something happening mm -hmm. and then you kind of, 
you know, watch the first dance, you watch them cut the cake, you did the conga and then you went home. So I think <laughs> that's changed. And as part of that, women are definitely taking um, a much more sort of... Um, being much more present, much more vocal, being as we are, we're women, you know, we, why wouldn't we speak? So I think definitely brides giving a, a speech, doing a talk is huge. Mother of the bride speaking, sisters, as I say, friends. Um, just being being as you are in every other day of your life, why would you not speak up? You know, I think the other interesting things are things like uh, mothers walking um, daughters down the aisle. Yeah. Um, and I was talking in advance of the royal wedding to our kids um, at the table and I said something like you know oh my god it will be amazing if Megan's mum does walk her down the aisle like won't that just be incredible if that's what happens now that the dad can't come and my daughter Vera just went why why wouldn't she walk her down the aisle you know we've been to weddings yeah. my friend Lou her mum walked her down the aisle we've had sisters walking down the aisle we've had brothers we've had friends you know people walk down the aisle with six of their you know best mates um and that's what bridesmaids do there's no reason to have your father there too um so I think we're definitely seeing that yeah we talked a bit um about kind of the rules and rituals but you did tell us that your mum brought you up in a house with her best friend Wendy and they just lived yes. together and your dad came in and out we just love this idea we want to do it <laughs> yeah. how do we make that happen <laughs> it's funny I sort of think I think we me and my mates kind of are making it happen but not quite literally you yeah. know in the one house but I think living close to the friends and family that support you sharing childcare, yeah. it's good for the children it's good for you it saves your sanity it actually helps in our case I think it helps for us to maintain that sort of nuclear family mm-hmm world if you like um because you can have a break and you can you know um leave your kids with other people they can leave their kids with you you can all sort of share the joy and the difficulties of raising children um and for us growing up literally in a house with other children it was just really fun it was yeah. it was great yeah we, i loved it i literally wendy's like my other mother so it's how many good. people how many kids growing up in the house together so that was Wendy had Kieran and Aaron and Reuben and my mum had me and my sister Rosie and my brother Jude. It's lovely. Yeah. And then they moved out family. because it did get kind of busy. Um, but they only moved. We were number 16 <laughs> Ardgown. They moved to number 210. So we stayed on the same street. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I love that it sort of ties in, as you were saying, about kind of that community feel for weddings. Mm. So I, for example, have a friend who is the most fantastic, does the most fantastic calligraphy. Mm. Um, although she is now slightly bored of everybody asking her to write yeah, right. the seating plan and the yeah. name cards and all that. But that's a, I think that idea of weddings being now something that we create together Definitely. is really beautiful. Definitely. Can you do that, though, in a way that still feels like... Because I've said this on... I'm slightly cynical about my friends' weddings. I love, like... I love somebody I don't know. I love a Hollywood wedding, oh, yeah. a royal you're wedding. So, you're such a romantic as well. I know, but it's because I know their relationships. So I like, I know that you think you love him now, but <laughs> in 10 weeks' time when he still hasn't put the bins out, I know this is going to hell in a hangar. Um, but yeah, so I love it when I don't know the details of their relationships, basically. Then I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, but how can we... I, I still go to those weddings and I still see a woman in a white dress being given away by her dad to a man who's waiting for her, even when we don't have the kind of traditional vows and things, what's the stuff that you can put into your wedding that's going to make it feel different and a bit more feminist? Yeah, so much. Um, My friend Harriet, when she got married, she wore a red dress, which was absolutely amazing. I love that. I mean, that that was just... Because these things, actually, it's about saying, okay, I accept... I recognise that there are symbols and I'm going to deliberately take that symbol and switch it up. 
you know. So I think you can make quite powerful statements that are for fun and it's celebratory, but you're making it really clear that you don't want to, for example, wear the veil, you know. And if you do want to wear a veil, great, but maybe you'll do something else, like, you know, your dad won't walk you down the aisle or you'll make sure that you lift your veil and give the most amazing speech, you know. Um, I think the thing that really strikes me is that and I've been thinking about this more because we've been going to weddings with our kids, is also not just about the adult participation in a wedding, but how important it is that we create experiences for the children in our lives around our weddings um, because they're so impactful for children. And it, it reminded me because when I was about 10, I think it was, my mum's cousin got married and... We went to the wedding. It was all a bit awkward, actually, because my sister was asked to be a bridesmaid and my other cousin, <laughs> and I wasn't. And I felt so left out so rude. that my mum, who's like an amazing seamstress, just knocked me up this ridiculously over-the-top royal blue <laughs> satin, basically bridesmaid's dress. Not in the colour scheme at all. It was all mint green. It was the 80s. And I think kids grow up, when they go to a wedding, it's often the first sort of social experience that you engage with on that big scale. You know, it, it feels like the world because it's like there's actually 50 or 100 people there and it's across different families and it's... And whatever you experience at a wedding, it kind of... It, it's the norm. So if you go to a wedding when you're 10, as I did, and saw my mum's cousin and she looked beautiful and she didn't speak and then mm. she cut the cake and she didn't speak and then they danced and she still didn't speak. And you know, her husband and the father and the best man were cracking jokes and everyone's laughing and slapping each other on the back and it's all great fun, but she's silent. Then we're kind of growing up going, oh, okay, that's normal because women are silent, you know? Mm. And I'm thinking now this generation of women who are getting married and my friends and the people who are using patchwork, you can see it's so fantastic to see children at a wedding laughing along at the most, you know, the hilarious mothers of the bride speech or the sister who's, you know, singing in the band or that of course the girls and the boys who are growing up should see that as normal um, and I think actually we can kind of belittle weddings in a sort of way that we do when we think oh women talk about weddings and shopping and handbags and I think these are all really important things you know a wedding is a really important uh, moment in your own life but also the people in your family and for kids we need to make it um, real you know I never really thought about that before in the sort of you know the weddings that we brought up with you're right the bride would have just been silent the entire, entire time. time and it's actually like I don't know I thought I'm a bit horrified by yeah. that but I can think of lots of weddings that Definitely. I would have been to as a kid and where are you just uh, moving like on in terms of wedding the thing that I always find is really tricky if you are a feminist bride is what to do about last names mm. did you change your last name no no okay no. and how because I, I feel like a, a lot of people are you know especially when they have children they want the family to be unified mm. by one name yeah. so how have you solved that within your family yeah um it's true it's a really and people ask it a lot I mean we haven't solved it in the sense that I'm Olivia Knight and I haven't taken my husband's name and it just felt like it's my name that I, that's <laughs> yeah, me yeah. and actually he was really like he was horrified like we sort of had that conversation where I was like obviously I'm going to keep my name and he was like obviously like that would be so weird I've totally fell in love with you and if you had my name it's just a bit weird you know so and that's not saying it's it's weird for everybody it's just that for us it felt like that would be a strange thing to do because it's so much part of my identity it's my name I wasn't going to change it um but I have had some funny things like with the kids um not really at school things like that it's quite obvious because you know if you're walking them in 
yeah. and the teachers can manage to grasp that they're your mum, you know, that you're their mum yeah. without having their name. But I have had it at passport control. Where right. it's so like, your children have got your husband's yeah. last name, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's an interesting one too, actually. And we talked about that quite a lot. And yeah, I've I felt like we both probably would have gone either way. Like I was like, oh, I really want them to have your name because I really love you and your name. Um, but I do feel a bit sad because actually my 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 surname is sort of the last of that generation because all of the women in our family who did get married have. Um, have either changed their names or, or the kids have got the names of the father. Although, interestingly, my mum, whose surname is Bliss, is my brother, she gave him her surname. So he's called Jude Bliss. She was like, we'll just divvy it up. So the two girls are Knight and, and, and Jude is Bliss. I don't know if your mum has written a book on how to be a feminist, but I feel <laughs> like she needs <laughs> to. This we wisdom needs to get passed down. How do you feel about when you really want to do a wedding a certain way but your parents have maybe mm. very different ideas about what it should look like yeah how do you have those conversations particularly if, you know sometimes they're paying for it yeah no it's tricky our parents didn't pay for anything so we didn't have any problems <laughs> but, um, but I have I'm sure you have as well I've been to weddings where you kind of go oh this is a bit of a surprise because you know the couple really yeah. well and then you go oh this isn't you and then you realize it is the parents because you know yeah. on some level they've said we're paying for it and we'd love this aunt and that friend and you yeah. know to come along no it's a really i think weddings are the most incredible celebratory like amazingly magical event and i loved our wedding so much but they are also so fraught with so many tensions you know um, what is i um emma what for you has been the most feminist wedding you've been to do you think um, do you know, well, I don't know about the most feminist. I've been to uh, one of the most beautiful weddings I've been to was a couple, a friend of mine, and they hadn't been together long. She got pregnant really early. She was six months pregnant. She's from Denmark. We had a registry office wedding. There were four of us there. And then her best friend was a chef. And in her restaurant, 12 of us went and had dinner and had a tasting menu. And that mm. was the most beautiful wedding day ever because I really got to know their close friends and family I mean he was from Australia so many of his family weren't there but his best mates were there who I knew and for me it was just beautiful where I've been to lots of big weddings mm. and you kind of just talk to the person that you already knew there and you know you don't really get to know people so for me that was one of the the nicest weddings I've ever been to mm. so for me I think it was accidentally feminist so now that I look at it particularly as you said earlier Olivia about that um, the symbols that we give off. Mm. So a friend of mine, her father had died when she was in her teens and so she walked herself down the aisle. Yeah. Uh, I did her kind of best woman's speech. Her yes. mum did a mother of the bride Aww. speech. Mm. Um, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have kind of the dad doing any of the, you know, obviously didn't yeah. do the, the lineup or any of that. There was no who gives away this woman mm. because she was giving herself away. Yeah. And now I look back at it and I'm like, gosh, all that stuff that at the time we were just like, well, that's mm. just how it is. Mm -hmm. But actually, I, because for the kids who are there, that's a really big statement about what that wedding looks like. Yeah, definitely. I was trying to think how I was influenced as a kid at the first wedding I ever went to. And that's actually where I had my first kiss. <gasps> is I it? can't say it's repeated Aww. at many of the weddings I've been to since. But, you yeah. know. I love how it's, it's much more the norm now to have a very personal wedding now. And I yeah. do like the fact that I do certainly feel and see that now that people are having lots more unique weddings and not necessarily following that formulaic Definitely. kind of, you know, there's a lot more scope now for different venues and, you yeah. know, yeah, not going against the norm. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you stand on 
So the wedding gift list, obviously Patchwork does it in a different way. So I went to a wedding the other day. They had a gift list. It was like, please buy us a toaster. Yeah. And I was like, I've been to your house. You've got a great toaster. <laughs> you want to upgrade? Why am I rebuying this? I feel there's something... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about wedding gift lists. I'm sure if I was having a wedding and shelling out a load of money for people to have a really nice dinner, I would want something in return. But it does feel a little bit... I don't know. Does it feel a I'm, bit transactional? I'm, I'm bitter about wedding gift lists, mainly because <laughs> I've never wanted to get married. Therefore, I've never had a wedding oh, gift list. have an unwedding gift list. Yeah, and I'm like, actually, I've got a lot of upgrading I could do to my crockery. <laughs> and I almost feel like, you know, all the money that I've shared up for weddings, I should just have a gift list. Maybe I need to set up a patchwork present. I think you should. Well, so I've already told my, uh, I've already told all my girlfriends that, this roughly work out roughly how much I've spent at each of your weddings because that's how much I expect each of you to spend on my 40th yeah, and, and here's the list yeah I'm Amazing. thinking of all the money I've saved my friends from not getting married and not having kids like it's payback time Absolutely. is there such right. a thing as an unwedding list all Liv, my friends Joe's set up an unwedding list did she yeah with patchwork so I don't I, there is now what was she, she any, was yeah. she not getting married to somebody she was, or was just she saying I'm never going to get married yeah and she was going travelling so she did like a wish list of all the things she wanted on her on her travels I'm setting one up tomorrow all chipped in yeah so it's good but you're right and I think the gift list again it's this thing about it, it came from a time when you're going you are two young people who are coming together you're going to move into your new home and therefore we are going to buy you a toaster because you don't have one but yeah. that even the symbolism is wrong now because most people already live together they get married at 32 they yeah. don't need that stuff of course if you want to upgrade absolutely fine but in at a time when people are sort of feeling like we've already reached peak stuff you know you Mm -hmm. the opportunity most people take when they're getting married and using patchwork is to go actually we want to celebrate our wedding with the most amazing honeymoon adventure backpacking around India or we want to you know we had someone last week actually a couple um, who were uh, using patchwork to fund a trip to Everest you know like wow serious oh yeah like amazing you know experiences that you will remember and treasure forever and not just stuff that's yeah. going to end up in landfill yeah. um, love that that's and what... your 40th birthday you should totally do it because I just had my 40th birthday did you get some good stuff and I got a Celine bag and all of my friends contributed to it via patchwork so someone could buy the zip for two pounds and someone could buy a pocket <laughs> oh, for I love 50 it. quid and someone could buy a patch of leather or you could buy one of the letters <laughs> It's amazing. It's a very nice bag. So, yeah, um, yeah. That's what we should be doing. I'm going to think about what I'm going to ask for my 40th now. I'm going to go have a little browse. Olivia Knight, founder of Patrick, thank you so much for thank being here talking so feminist much. weddings. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. We're joined by Alice Williams, who's the founder of Luminary Bakery and Tina Bowles, one of its graduates. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, Alice, thanks so much for joining us. For anyone who doesn't know, tell us a little bit about Luminary Bakery and what it does. Sure, yeah. We're a social enterprise bakery set up by women to support um, some of the most disadvantaged women in the UK. We're in East London um, and we were um, initially trying to meet the need of local women that we knew who had experienced awful things. So um, homelessness, um, exploitation, violence, poverty, stuff that um, can really hold you back in life and... um, things that are really quite difficult to move forward from. So wanting to be able to um, see every woman as having value and potential and offering opportunities. So we started a bakery to do that. And what was it about baking that you thought was the right choice of kind of vehicle for this? Um, To be honest, it made more business sense than um, (laughs) anything else. It was more that um, in East London there there was lots of coffee shops springing up and we wanted to be able to provide um, baked goods. But actually, we've since seen, and probably Tina can talk more about this, the like therapeutic benefits of um, baking and how um, actually the process of baking is... um, it can be really mindful and um, so even choosing that although it was just a business decision I'm really glad we did because it's been great for the women as a process. Amazing. Tina thank you so much for joining us as well. You have been through the programme. Tell us a little bit about what brought you to that. Well uh, two years ago I was homeless and I ended up in a hostel in Brick Lane, a women's hostel and um, Alice up some notices about the bakery and at first I was quite sceptical I thought is this you know nothing good to happen at that point so why would it I mean is this just fairy cakes with the with the the workers I don't know but um yeah so then Alice came and showed us how to make some stuff at the hostel which is amazing because the ovens are awful there (laughs) um and I thought oh this is good you know I want something to do with this so then you interviewed me like a proper job, mm-hmm. and you, it was uh, quite uh, harsh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that was really nice. <laughs> and then, um, that, yeah, then I got on the course, and that's six months. And then we graduated on Brexit Day, and I remember that's a very happy occasion. And then every every graduate gets a job, so we we go through an interview again, and I got the job. So I've been working there, and I carry on. I've carried on working there. I'm at Borough Market, and I teach on the course now. Incredible. So, yeah, it's been very good for my health. Yeah. Yeah. And what sort of baked goods do you have? Because we did have a little chat about this before, and we had a look at the website, and there were lots of beautiful cakes, but I'm guessing you do things other than cakes. 
we're predominantly cake. Okay. Um, so that's why that's plastered all over the website. And we brought you cake today. Yay. Amazing. <laughs> so we're most happy. well known for things like brownies. Mm -hmm. um, we do a salted caramel brownie. And um, people love our cinnamon buns cinnamon as well. Buns, yeah. They love those, don't they? Yeah, sell um, out at Borough, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so we do a little bit of um, things like focaccia and um, some quick-proof breads, if you know mm -hmm. what they are, like an Irish soda bread. Um, but actually, um, Tina is probably our best bread expert. The rest of the bakery are cake bakers. <laughs> and so you, you you do the baking at a location mm -hmm. and then you have specific stalls or you, do you have another store? Um, so we bake everything in Stoke Newington. Okay. Um, in um, our bakery production happens there, mm -hmm. and we also have a cafe, so we can sell from there. Um, but we also do like do deliveries to local um, independent cafes. Mm -hmm. We also stock um, Ben and Jerry's in um, Soho, um, so they've got ice cream and baked goods. Brilliant pairing. Mm -hmm. And um, then the market stalls. So we've got Borough Market Stall every Thursday. There you Every go. Thursday at Borough, come and see. <laughs> um, and also uh, Canopy Market in King's Cross on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Amazing. And so that then means that it's not just a case of um, giving women space to, to bake. You go out, they, they can go out and do sales. And so there's lots of different skills that they can develop. And bringing in income means that you can then support with the training and development because you are a social enterprise. Absolutely. So, you know, this is a traditional bakery, but actually you do it so you can help people as opposed to, well, you're helping everyone feel great because they're eating fabulous food, but you're also helping women um, exactly. change their lives. Alice, yeah, did you have any funding when you started this initiative then? Did we you... had a really small pot, yeah. So it was uh, grant funding to start with um, to mm -hmm. buy. Um, so we're part of a charity called Kahila um, and they run a cafe on Brit Lane that we started from and the sales from Kahila gave us initial seed funding to buy our first mixer and our first set of equipment. Um, but we had volunteers to start with so we weren't paying anyone. And then um, we've managed to get some other grants from places like Comet Relief when we went a bit bigger to fund salaries and things like that um, and now the income that we get from selling baked goods um, covers about half of the stuff that we do and then the kind of more charitable aspects we still get grants to cover amazing <laughs> and Tina it sounds like for you it really sort of changed the course of your life mm -hmm. do you think you would have would you have been able to secure employment if Luminary hadn't come along. Do you? Mm. No. How did they change it for you? No, no. I think Alice is a hero. Oh. Yeah. I think you're a hero. <laughs> <laughs> come on, uh, life in a, a hostel. You really, it was all right. Mm -hmm. At least I had somewhere to live. But it's really long, boring, and uh, quite depressing. And when you're bored and depressed, you tend to uh, look for things to take you out of that. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean. And um, yeah, when Alice offered like actual training and a job that just doesn't happen and I don't uh you know a lot of people come in and do the course it's I, I, I wasn't good at baking before I did it a lot of people come and do the course and they've gone on not to carry on with baking they've got uh done they've started training in uh, counseling and I'm going to be qualified in ear acupuncture at the end of June it's just yeah. given me a lot of confidence to do yeah other go just try stuff mm. and also if I have anything wrong in my life I can talk to Alice she helps me with letters from DWP and all of that junk and <laughs> it's really it, she's a hero and I know I wouldn't have I was applying for other jobs but no it just doesn't happen you're you're at the bottom of the pile mm. Alice that's an incredible endorsement of your your scheme how does it feel to hear that um yeah, amazing. Thank you, Tina. I'll give you some money later. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> no, honestly, that I like. Hopefully, we have inspired women, but um, it's definitely women like Tina that inspire us to keep doing what we do. Um, so it's amazing to see how far you've come, Tina. Yeah, life-changing cakes. Yeah. Well, I, so so going back to the the beginning, you didn't have to do this. You could have just set up a bakery. Mm. So why why did you decide that you needed to help women? Um, yeah. So it was the. Um, meeting women, I think, um, was just so eye-opening. Like meeting women that had lived through experiences that I'd um, been lucky enough never to have to experience, and seeing um, then how that just, like Tina said, puts you at the completely the bottom of the pile when trying to move forward with your life. So I think getting to know women and, and um, becoming friends with some women that literally had so much potential. I, we I, we couldn't then not do something so um it wasn't a case of like oh we want to start a business and then let's do something nice with it it was actually we need to address this issue because it's not fair that there are so many there are so many jobs in london there's so much wealth in london and then there's people living through trauma and violence against women and it's just not fair so it was more the um, that actually was the driving force to even start a business in the first place. It came from that. And were you a baker before? Did you did you know how to bake? Confession time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I came into the hostel and tried to teach stuff. Um, no, we had a brilliant uh, couple of bakers um, who helped start this initially. Um, and now we've got a great team of um, different bakers now who have um, shaped that and do all the teaching and um, produce this kind of stuff you that we've brought with you today definitely better behind the scenes <laughs> I love <laughs> Tina's face when I asked you that she was like no nope, and no. she still doesn't <laughs> <laughs> not trusting you with the brownie pan <laughs> <laughs> and what are your ambitions for um, the Luminary Bakery now? Yeah, we'd love to grow and have more sites because then we can help more women. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to have more um, training opportunities. At the moment, we have to turn down two and three women that apply to come on one of our courses. So that's really heartbreaking and we want to be able to eventually be able to support everybody that comes to us. So um, the more um, the business grows, the more job opportunities there are for women that we've trained, but also then more funding for um, the actual training part of it and the support so um i think the ultimate goal is to have a luminary in every town in the uk mm. one day that mm, sounds amazing yeah. uh you have bought us some cake can we taste some cake absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've brought you um some vegan brownie should i pass it this way first oh, emma yes definitely um, thanks <laughs> and then we've got do you want to tell them about the benjamina that's the benjamin do you know benjamina from bake-off yeah she um is one of our ambassadors is, yeah she's our ambassador and she that's her recipe and uh, what, yes. what so is it? Make, What's the flavour? It is pear, mm-hmm. almond, and honey. Ooh. Oh my yeah, gosh. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what are your favourite cakes? So good. Yeah, that's that's straight from Bake Off. That's just like that's a that's a baby <laughs> cake right there. Um, yeah. My favourite's actually underneath um, those in there. It's a peanut butter cookie and it's vegan and gluten free. Um, and it's just so gooey and delicious if you like peanut butter. Mm-hmm. You had a go- gorgeous. I think there's a Victoria sponge. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's next on time, my, celebration okay. cake. Yeah, next time. Yeah, that's on. That's on <laughs> so the list. Next time you have an event, birthday or anything, you can order. 
on our it. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's on the list, most definitely. <laughs> Alice, if people want to find out more or order a cake, mm. where should they be looking? Um, luminarybakery.com. Mm. Hopefully we'll t- tell you everything you need. And then obviously if you're in Hackney, or, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we're in East London. Come check us out in the cafe or if you're more this area, um, come see Tina on a Thursday at Borough Market. fantastic thank you thank you oh ladies it's been so lovely having you in the studio thank you for coming in thank you for bringing us such delicious cake pleasure Uh, and well done for setting up such an amazing amazing scheme so very proud of you this has been the badass women's hour podcast with me harriet minter natalie campbell and emma sexton if you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.